0: It's time to kickstart your confidence. In this podcast, you will hear open and honest interviews with business owners and like minded people who have struggled and then how they have overcome their own issues. Listen to their real life struggles and personal accounts of how they have changed their lives and continue to do so on a daily basis. Get rid of stress, own your own space and thoughts. It's time to take control, build your personal health and well being, improve as you travel with us on this journey. And now your host, former British champion, owner and chief instructor of Hastings Kickboxing Academy, and third Dan black belt, Carl Denning.
1: So today I'm here with Joshua Sampo, aka The Gremlin. How are you, sir?
2: Doing well, doing well. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, no, you're very welcome. Thank you for taking your time out um, and spending some time with me. Um, I know it's afternoon for you; it's very late evening here, but I, I do appreciate your time. Um, in know, uh, sitting down and having a chat with me. Um, I've just I just done an interview earlier, which we we'll am going to talk about in a minute. Um, but we originally met uh, through uh, Mr. Sampson, didn't
2: we? We did. Yeah. He. Uh, it's me and his uh, interaction was kind of unique because through just coaches and teammates, um, this gentleman came up and was like, I was getting ready for a Muay Thai fight in New York City, and uh, I got to the gym rather early, and he was sitting in there in his car, and I had just heard some chatter about him and a gear company and all this stuff, and then uh, he just comes up and starts talking to me. He was like, hey, you, you must be Josh, and then we kind of started uh, started t- conversing, and then found out that he actually worked with some of my relatives um, cool. in the police department, which yeah, it's, yeah. it's weird how... <laughs> fighting and his line of work everything was connected and just yeah that that, i guess is what is it that six degrees of of relation there's always yeah then six people you know somebody who knows somebody kind of thing yeah it was uh, crazy yeah it was crazy how uh yeah he worked with my aunt and uh just knew some other people that outside of the fighting world but yeah and then he he uh he hooked us up with some gear and we got to test it out and man i love this stuff so
1: Oh, fantastic! Yeah. yeah, it's good to hear. Um, we've had some great, great reviews uh, from you guys over in the USA. So thank you for that, and uh, like, we do appreciate you uh, testing the gear and um, giving us some great feedback. Uh, yeah. you, you was uh, one of the, you and Ashley were uh, the two first people to test our kit. So uh, that's crazy. We, that's we cool. do appreciate that. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you. Uh, one of my questions was how how you got your name um and i did actually hear this story earlier on this evening
2: uh, but how was you named, the gremlin <laughs> so you well you've already heard the, the story of how i got i to have yeah but i want to hear it again <laughs> okay so um i was uh was grappling this is before so I, i'm a big uh let's see how do i I'm, I'm a big proponent for like you you don't get to choose your own nickname it isn't something that you call yourself you know what i mean and, yeah and that it irritates tasting because then you look at some people and you look at their you gave that to yourself like you just want yourself to be a nickname is not something you call yourself you know what i mean it's like what your uh your elders call you or something you know but yeah. um yeah I'm, I'm a big uh proponent for that so anyways um rewind a few years i was grappling and uh i was grappling with some of my teammate a uh, teammate who's uh, i wrestled with in college a rather large fellow i think he wrestled like uh 180 or something like that and as we're grappling like I could I, I was on his back and I couldn't get the rear naked choke in and I was fighting real hard to get it in and uh, he just kept fighting my hands. You know, bigger guy, controlling me pretty well. And so I don't know where it came out of you know, we in my thought process, but I just started like nibbling on his ear and he let go of my hands and reached for my face. And I was able to slip the choke in and he tapped. And then as soon as I let go, he just, he threw me off and said, get off me you little gremlin. And uh, I was like, all right. At first I was like, no, 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 that's, I don't know what that is. And somebody else was like, no, no, that, that fits you. And it just, it stuck at one person to the next, to the next and yeah i kind of got stuck with the nickname the gremlin but <laughs> i mean i, I kind of like it now and so that's something i learned as a as a, as a youth was that uh, if you don't like something just kind of steer into the skid and uh, people will stop making funny about it but no i i really enjoy it now it's kind of kind of fits me i guess and and uh yeah just trying to make it the most i can but yeah i think it's pretty unique and it's something that uh there's not a lot of gremlins out there but, there's yeah. not there's not
1: many people that are called that that's for sure yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. you are the only
2: one <laughs> there, there's a couple <laughs> there was actually another fighter at the same time uh both of our nicknames were the gremlins and we both were flyweights and i was like man this would have been pretty cool if we would have been able to fight but, yeah uh, it never it never happened yeah
1: yeah because i was, I was uh, chatting to uh Smashley earlier as well and she's like hey yeah uh, i know the gremlin <laughs> yeah
2: well actually i think i gave ashley her nickname so Oh, did you? Yeah, I think I no. did. Uh, it just kind of, you know, one one day, yeah, came out, it came out of nowhere, you
1: know. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's cool. That's cool. Um, so, actually, you're you're a pro MMA fighter, but you're a school teacher as well by trade.
2: Yeah. So, uh, I. When I went to college, I got my degree in biology with a minor in chemistry. and wow. my, my teaching career was not my first view. It wasn't something I wanted to do. I never thought I was going to be a teacher. Uh, but while I was finishing up my college career, wrestling and my degree, I started coaching high school wrestling and just fell in love with helping the kids out and just uh, you know just being there for them and just helping them grow and, and you know reveal their potential and, and chase after their goals. and just helping people in their journey it was something that really kind of I, I really enjoyed. And the more I spent time with these kids, um, the head coach was like, dude, like this is where you need to be. This is kind of, this, you're, you're really good at this. You build relationships real with kids. And it's just, you have a, you have a knack for it. So he's like, you need to go back to school and be a teacher. And I was like, what do you mean? He's like, it's pretty easy. You just go, uh, go get your master's in uh, education. And uh, you'll, you'll be certified to be a teacher. And I was like, no, you know, so I kept like pushing back. He kept yeah. pushing me towards yeah. it. And, uh, <laughs> and out of nowhere, I had a, another friend who uh, got a, a, uh, a promotion and he ended up running this, uh, the fitness center at the university that I went to. And he was like, Hey man, I want to, uh, I want you to bring you in. I want to, I want you to teach CrossFit classes and jujitsu classes in our rec center. He's like, and I'll pay for your master's. And I was like, what? Wow. He goes, yeah. He's like, well, we'll pay for your master's if, uh, if you come in and teach some classes for us. I was like, all right, cool. He's like, you'll be a graduate assistant, blah, 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 whatever the case is. Like, all right. So then as I was looking through, like. The, the different degrees that would work with what I already had, teaching was the <laughs> only one that really fit. And uh, so I was like, hey, man, maybe this is meant to be. So, yeah, I went to school. And they, they paid for my, my all my schooling. They gave me a living uh, stipend. And, uh, yeah, and I had to work like 40 hours a week for the university, like teaching yeah. classes and running the fitness center. But, dude, it was a blessing in disguise because I ended up getting everything I needed to get my master's and be a teacher. And, yeah, it's it's crazy. Fantastic. that. The, yeah, it's crazy how the world kind of turned me to that direction, but now I couldn't see myself doing anything else. I mean, I love coaching, I love teaching, I just love sharing the knowledge that I have. Yeah,
1: and that, I, I think that's that's the key element. I I, I wasn't very good at school, I, I struggled at school, but yeah. yet here I am now teaching and going into schools and helping teach and helping teachers teach. Um, So although I really resisted the the education side of it, now I'm learning something I love and now I'm also helping give that back.
2: Yeah. One thing Um, that I realized the more I started teaching was that um, kids wanna learn But it's like, they've got to enjoy being in the classroom. And so it's like, if you make it fun, you find a way just to spin it. Like I do voices. I talk in different voices and I'm I'm goofy. I'm weird. And I tell the kids all all the time. I was like, I am weird. I am goofy. Make fun of me. If you're going to make fun of anybody. And I'm fine with that. Don't make fun of each other. Make fun of me. I'm going to do crazy stuff. That's going to make you want to make fun of me anyways. (laughs) Harvey wants to do it.
1: He's like, Hey, I want to be in this
2: podcast, man. (laughs) What's his name? His name's Harvey. He's Hey, Harvey. Yeah. Hey, half. <laughs> I love yeah. it. He's uh, we rescued him uh, about a year ago. Yeah, I, I love bull terriers. We we ended up, uh, you know, my fiance and myself, we acquired a bull terrier about I uh, say three years ago, and then we had her and we loved her, and then we found a rescue group and we ended up acquiring this guy. And, yeah, I don't think I want any other dog. They've got personalities.
1: Yeah, they're great dogs.
2: Yeah, they're you're crazy. Like, like Sour dogs. Patch Kids, they'll like, <laughs> yeah. sour one morning and then they'll just want to cuddle you up the next. Yeah, a crazy yeah. little things.
1: Yeah, I want a dog. I just don't have time for one at the moment. So um, I've got a cat. <laughs> it's the size <laughs> of a it. dog. The size yeah. of a dog, but it's uh, <laughs> I've got a cat.
2: Yeah. So... But they're, like, yeah, they're like miniature uh, kids. It's kind of like prepping us. You know what I mean? If we can take care of a couple of dogs, I think then kids are next to them. Then
1: you're all good. Uh, to be honest, yeah. I, I think pets are harder than dogs at times. Uh, pets are harder than their children at times.
2: <laughs> I believe, I believe
1: so. <laughs> uh, um, how do you find, so before we talk about your kind of your MMA and your fighting, um, how do you find the balance of... Um, teaching and training to be a pro fighter.
2: <laughs> so the thing is, is like, I'm, I'm, I'm always at the gym. I always want to stay in shape and kind of the way it is with coaching. If you want something bad enough, you'll find a way to make it happen. And so I take care of my schoolwork um, and, and prep and everything like that. And I have everything that done, I try to, you know, have multiple days prepped before I go into the gym, but it's like, yeah. get up. If I, if I have a fight coming up, I make sure that the first thing I do when I wake up is I hit the gym. I go get my cardio, my strength training in first thing in the morning. Um, so my day usually starts at like 3:30 in the morning Wow um, I go through school all day you know what I mean and yeah. when you, you kind of get in that groove teaching is easy you just gotta you find a way to relate to material to the kids and I've got amazing kids that uh, it, fun you know what I mean I enjoy teaching so it's like it's not like it's a, a stressful thing yeah. um, and then after I get done with that then it's to the gym to get ready to work and, and I enjoy growing. Um, and and just always working on my skill set and polishing my my tools, if you will. And so it's I look forward to that every day. And that's where um, when I was in the UFC, like the the last couple of fights, it got to a point where I I, I gave up uh, teaching and everything. I stepped back and I was like, I just want to concentrate and be a full time fighter. Where if I could give advice to anybody, it's like fighting is my my release. It's my way to get away from life. And so it's like, if I made it my job, then I have to do it. And I don't like that. So I changed my mindset. I was like, instead of having to fight, I get to fight. I choose to fight. So just changing my mindset on that gave me that opportunity where it's like, I enjoy every bit about it. I just enjoy going and competing. And so no matter what the style is, like, I just made that my pro boxing debut. And like, I just love to fight. But I, one of the when I get to change that mindset to where I get to fight instead of having to fight to pay the bills, it makes things so much more enjoyable. So my bills are paid because of teaching, and I love teaching. So that's one aspect of my life. But then I get to fight, which is crazy. And the thing that really kind of worried me about that, the whole thing was that if uh, my administration, how yeah. are they going to view me as, a, as an educator if they know that I'm a professional fighter as well? I landed yeah. in probably the best building possible for that. I've got three, I got three administrators, three awesome bosses that um, one of them has actually fought himself. He's from Canada. Oh, he, cool. uh, he, yeah, he grew up boxing. He's done jujitsu before. Um, one of my other principals, he's a, an all-star stud soccer player played for the U S soccer team. And then coached for multiple years after that. So they come from that athletic background and they're like, dude, like you, you carry yourself the right way you're not promoting violence to the kids. And it's also a way for you to kind of connect with some of those, those tougher kids that, uh, that you can't find a way to connect with them. You can't build that relationship. If they understand about fighting um, and what you go through to, to, to be able to compete at that high level. I mean, there's, there's always good and bads of it. Some yeah. kids will always try to push and find a way to push your buttons, but yeah. it's like, hey man, it's, it's all right. Let's go, I'll give you a kill it <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was like, if you really want to try this, man, come to the gym, whenever you want. Like, if yeah. you want to punch me in the face, we'll gear up, go to the gym. Like, man, I want to, I want to box you right now. I was like, I always have my gear in my truck. Yeah. Give me two minutes. If the principal allows, we'll go get it. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and, and uh, we have a, there's an administrator from a different universe or from a different school. He actually started a fight club. Wow. Yeah. He started a little fight club where he had pro fighters come in and work with the kids. I guess he had, a very rough clientele, but that was a way to really relate with the kids. And so I talked to my administrators like, Hey man, I really kind of would like to do this. And they're like, if there's a lot of red tape, you know what I mean? We've got some kids that are like, that, uh, don't have the best home lives and that might be like school is their only constant in life. Mm -hmm. If we can also give them that outlet to where, Hey, if things aren't going that well, go upstairs and hit the bag or I'll hold knits for you. Whatever the case is, we'll, we will be there for you. So i keep running around, we're, uh, we're getting a new principal next year, so we'll see what his view on it is. So I don't yeah. know. You know, it's just you got to you got to meet the kids where they they can uh, they can relate, and I think sometimes that's fighting, and sometimes it's not. But
1: yeah, whatever it is. it's it's so nice to have, like you say, have someone like, in your corner in respect to at work that understands that fighting isn't just fighting you know yeah. there's a there's an element of control and respect and balance uh, yeah. you have a yin and a yang um yeah. we we work with um so children with anger management and they're called pathway children over here um that have got really quite bad home knives and yeah. don't all their parents and stuff and we quite we get challenged quite a lot for saying um you know this is a violent child and you're teaching him how to fight it's so, like no Although he's learning skills, we're not teaching how to fight. We're, we're teaching him that there's, there's a place to vent and he can channel his anger in a positive way rather than punching a wall or his brother or sister or mum or dad. Yeah. Um, we're actually giving them an outlet. Um, yeah. And once they realize that, they actually completely, we, we're finding that they, they turn a corner.
2: Yeah. Just because they can't hit somebody doesn't mean they want to. You know what I mean? And that's – yeah. Well, and the thing was is like being a wrestler going through college, people always would always test you. But then mm. once I started fighting, people were like, oh, man, you must get in fights all the time. I was like, actually, no less. Like I go to the gym, better shape, and I work my butt off. I don't want to risk that because somebody at the at the pub wants to test me. You know what I mean? Like it's yeah. not worth it. It's like and, – yeah. and if I end up hurting him because – of something that I I can't control myself. That's not something I want to live with. You know what I mean. So it's yeah. like I'd rather just buy them a beer and walk away, go to another pub, whatever the case is. But yeah, it's uh, it really changed my perspective on that. The more I started training,
1: and you could, you I find you can literally talk away nine out of ten. Yeah, just I mean, baffle them with bullshit, and they're like, what?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. So that's cool. Um, I, want, I want to talk a little bit about your your fighting career. I'll okay. just talk about your work. Um, you turned pro, was it 2009? Did I read? About there, yeah. Um, uh, when you was uh, um, teaching at middle school, and then you went into the Legacy Fight Club, was it?
2: Yeah, so I, I fought locally multiple times, and uh, we were just trying to make that next big show, and then we got a call from Legacy and we got to fight Antonio Benwells. We didn't get a contract with him; it was just a one fight deal. But yeah. that really kind of springboarded me up, got my name out there a little bit because he was known as this, this fantastic striker. Um, we, we outboxed him. We, we outstruck no. him, which was, you know, I'm just I'm a ground guy. I'm a grappler. If you look at my record, a lot of my wins are by submission. Yeah. So they're like, uh, okay, this is a grappler versus a striker, and we outstruck him. He actually took me down, which was kind of unexpected. <laughs> oh, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he took he took me down and then i got right back up but it was like okay like that's fine he could take me down if he wants like i'm i'm willing to play wherever he wants to play yeah. and uh but no patrick christie is my muay thai coach and we worked him and quentin o'brien they had an amazing game plan we knew that he liked to throw heavy overhand shots so we we got in real quick popped him once or twice got right back out he'd throw a couple shots miss us and we'd go right back in so it was like in out right back in and, California. and it just did it? Yeah, it just it yeah. pieced him up, and it was it was fun. It was a fun fight. And that was that mentality I was talking about before. We got to that point where, um, when you want to win so bad, you know what I mean. You put so much oops, <laughs> put so much. Yeah, he just fell that. Put so much effort on winning. You know what I mean? Like it becomes a job. Yeah. And at that point, like I I hit that that crest where uh, I had I had a, I had a loss on my record. Um because it was becoming a job again so then that yeah. was nice and refreshing to go back to that i enjoy fighting i get to fight i don't have to fight kind of thing and yeah. uh it, it worked out for me man i went in there and had a had a blast and uh got got the win i mean and it, that was the kind of the mindset too it's like i don't care if i win or lose i just yeah. want to go fight so the pressure I perform. yeah i just so want to go perform you know and it it was yeah. it was a beautiful thing it was a fun fight
1: um and the uh do you find the mindset whether it be at school at the gym when you're fighting like the mindset is so important so many people forget they think they're fit because they've done the work but they forget about this this you know this muscle in here is stronger than the rest of it
2: yeah it's uh so the what really kind of flipped the switch for me when it came to the mindset was when i was getting ready for my last ufc fight i trained in california and i'm sitting there in the in the ring getting ready to go and the coach was like hey uh you're going to spar with Romy today? And I was like, all right. And Romy Adanza is an amazing Muay Thai fighter. And he comes walking into the gym. I swear he was, it looked like he was drinking a beer and smoking a cigarette. And I was like, oh wow, this is all right, whatever. So Romy comes in, gears up and inside of like three rounds, I was exhausted. You know what I mean? And coach pulls me off. He goes, Hey man, are you telling me that Romy's in better shape than you? And I was like, what do you mean? He goes, I bet he couldn't beat you in a 10 meter sprint, but he just outworked you. He goes, well, what's the difference? And I was like, Honestly, I don't know. He goes, he stayed composed. He stayed calm. Like he wasn't trying to take your head off with every shot. He wasn't throwing. He he just kept touching your face, kept moving. And he's like, he exhausted you because every time he would, would hit you, you would hold your breath. And so like the mindset, like he's like, dude, that guy couldn't beat you in a 10 second in a a five, five (laughs) meter race. He just outworked you inside of like 20 minutes. He goes, "That's crazy," and that really kind of got me thinking. I was like, "Man, it is. It's all about just staying along. It's like I know that I'm in shape. I know how long of a fight I can go. I can go for an hour if I have to. But it's just staying composed. If you get hit, it's like, "All right, just making myself breathe, staying nice and composed." But yeah, it it carries over into teaching too. Like when a kid tries to push your buttons, it's like, you know what I mean? Okay, why is he pushing my buttons? What went on in his his day or his his week that that makes him out you know lash out to me? So it's like then he did dissect the puzzle a little bit to see what's going on. But yeah, it's just saying that 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 composure, that mindset really drastically takes you much further. Cause then at at the end of the day, it's like, does any of that really matter? You know what I mean? That kid was upset and he snapped to me. He's not going to remember that tomorrow. You know what I mean? It's not like I'm going to lose sleep over it, but um, I want to see what what I can do to help that kid. And and in fighting, I want to see what I can do to, to put myself in a better situation next time. So yeah, mindset is huge on that. I can be the most in shape, um, run marathon after marathon but if i'm not mentally ready then uh, it'll it'll definitely take it out of you
1: definitely yeah good yeah good advice um and then did you did i read you went into bellator in the ufc um was it against ryan
2: I fought, I fought in legacy. And then, um, because of legacy, because I beat Antonio Benuelos on uh, fight matrix is a website that ranks fighters. It like shot me up to like number two in the world, which I was wow. like, oh, okay. okay. Yeah. yeah. I was like, all right, whatever that is. Cause I guess they, they base it based on who you fought and how active you are. Yeah. Well, before, before that fight, we got offered to fight Alexis Vila. Um, on a couple shows and he was a, he fought in Bellatorry. He knocked out Joe Warren and he was an Olympic wrestler, tough guy. But my coach was like, no, we're not fighting him. I was like, all right. And then while I was in the middle of grad school, I was finishing up student teaching. Like I, my plate was super full. We got offered to fight again. It was right after fighting Ben Wellows. we got offered to fight um, Alexis Vila, And I was like, all right, cool. And uh, at first they wanted us to fight at 35 and my coach was like, no. And he's like, all right, we'll fight at 25. And then, um, the organization, which is in Miami, is called uh, Championship Fighting Alliance. Um, Alexis Vila's best friend owns the organization. It was in Miami. It was in the middle of well, – while I was in the middle of grad school. My coach is like, no, we're not taking this fight. And I was like, look, coach, high risk, high reward. I just want to fight. I was like, this is the perfect timing. Plus, they offered us ten grand. they are like, we'll give you five grand to fight, five grand to win. And I was like – because what they were trying to do is they're trying to get Vila in the, in the UFC. They figured they could steal my ranking if they beat me.
1: Uh, okay. That would yeah. that would springboard.
2: That's what they were told. They were told that if he beats me, he gets into the UFC.
1: Yeah.
2: All right. So, anyways, th- we found that out after the fight. So I trained my butt off for it. You know what I mean? Every morning, go through go through teaching and everything, and then training at night, and just worked my butt off. I had an amazing workout partner at the time. His name was Alp Oskalic. He also got signed to the UFC right about the same time I did. Um, the Turkish Delight, another nickname that I gave to him. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. So they gave us, uh, they offered us that fight. My coach was like, no, 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 we're not going to take this fight. I was like, coach, high risk, high reward. I mean, if we're not chasing the best fighters and what are we doing this for? And he's like, yeah. finally, he came around and we, we took the fight. I was like, if we lose, it's five grand in our pockets. We fought a top notch, dude. We'll move on with our day. We win, that's 10 grand. We, we move up the ladder. He's like, all right, fine. I, I talked him into it. So we went down to Miami and um, hardcore wrestler. I think I had two people in the stands. One of my former wrestlers was getting ready to leave on a, uh, on a cruise with his family. He found out about it. And then a couple old college teammates made it to the venue, but did it was, it was where the Miami hurricane, um, basketball team plays. Wow. Yeah. We, we, we fought there and it was a five round war and I ended up submitting him in the fifth round. I was definitely losing the fight uh, because he just kept taking me down, but I was just beating him up. I mean, he's an Olympic caliber wrestler. I'm not going to be able to out-wrestle him. So I was like, yeah. all right. The first time he took me down, I realized he's not trying to. He's not causing me damage. I can beat him up on the ground, get back to my feet, and cause more damage. And in the fifth round, he got exhausted. He took me down probably 30 town, 30, 40 times. Wow. He got tired. He got more and more tired. Yeah, yeah, on So we got into the fifth round, and he shot in and left his neck out, and I snatched his neck and choked him out with like a minute left in a fight. Well, it was, dude, it was, it was crazy. Yeah,
1: crazy. Yeah. So then
2: – Well, that, that was, mindset
1: again for was. the yeah. –
2: Hey, you're right. And so it was crazy because um, all my friends were like, dude, you're going to make it to the UFC. You're going to make it. I was like, that doesn't guarantee anything. You know what I mean? And of course, yes. no phone call came. No phone call came. So I was like, dude, let's move on. So because I signed with CFA, I had, it was like a three or four fight contract. They set me up to defend the title that I won. And that meeting Villa, I won their CFA flyweight title. And then um, I defended oh. the belt one time. But the thing that kind of made me mad was the contract said that for every time I fought, my pay would bump up two grand two yeah. grand to fight too. Yeah. So I should get like 13 grand the next time, but they're like, we can't afford that. And I was like, that's what the contract says. But they were banking on Vila beating me off yeah, the get go, which kind of frustrated me. I was like, whatever. But my manager talked him into getting, I think I, I got three and three. The next time I defended my belt, I beat that guy. And then I got the call. That's when I got the call to the UFC, which was crazy. Cause my, my manager started blowing my phone up when I was at work. So I'm at, I'm at school teaching, right? My phone keeps blowing up. And I was like, man, I'm at work. I can't talk He's like, hey, we got an offer. And I was like, okay, cool. I'll talk to you after work. He goes like, no, it's from the UFC. And I was like, oh, okay. I, I'm freaking out right now. I was like, oh, okay. Lunch
1: break. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah. So he's, uh, he's like, they want you to fight um, a newcomer. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. He's like, next weekend. Wow. Like, next weekend. He's like, yeah, next weekend. I was like, okay. Um, he's like, "How's your weight?" And I was like, I'll, "I'll check when I get home, and I'll let you know." Because it was like, "Yeah, it's the middle of deer season." So I just got, I just got done. i will get the sweatsuit on. <laughs> um, so I checked my weight that uh, that night after I got off of work, and I was 30 pounds over. Ooh! So I was right around like, "Yeah." Straight close to 160. I was I was thick, and I was like, "All right." But I was like, "When the bosses, when the bosses call, when the big boss calls, you don't tell him no." I was like, "All right, well, sign it." So. We signed the contract, um, and that next weekend, which was, it worked out perfect for me because I was off of school because of uh, Thanksgiving break. Yeah. And, uh, we flew to Vegas. Um, I missed weight by a pound and a half, <laughs> I missed weight by a pound and a half, but they're like, Hey man, you took the fight on eight days notice. We, we understand we're not going to tax you too much. He goes, the only thing that they said that you're not, you're ineligible to receive the bonuses. I was like, I don't care. I'm in the UFC. I just want to fight. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I ended up choking him out in the second round.
1: Yes, <laughs> who, who was that again? Sorry,
2: who did you fight? Uh, and, uh, it was Ryan Benoit.
1: Ryan.
2: Yeah, and after I, I choked him out, uh, went out was at the bar with my, you know, in the hotel at the bar with some of my friends, and then I got a tweet um, that we we received fight of the night. Me yeah. and my opponent received fight of the night, but because I didn't make weight, they gave my fifty thousand dollars bonus to my opponent. So I choked him out in the second round he went home with a hundred and eight thousand dollars wow grand i was like but i fight because i love to fight not yeah out money. and i was like it's fine yeah. it's not it's not a big deal man i still get the recognition for fight of the night i just didn't get the fifty thousand dollars which yeah. would have been nice to pay off student loans and stuff like that but <laughs> it's just money man it's like you can't chase chase money your entire life because it's no. it'll make you miserable but no yeah I got me ufc and then uh, after that had a couple losses Got to fight in Ireland though. That was, yeah, man, I, I love Europe, man. I definitely want to fight there again. So I'm yeah, yeah.
1: you can, yeah, again, we, we happen. are trying we're trying to make it happen. Uh, the coronavirus has kind of slowed a few things down for a while. Um, but if we, if we can make that happen, then obviously we will, um, yeah. you know, we'll do our best. It'd be great to have you over here. Um, I am actually trying to get over to see Nick as well. Um, hopefully, end of this year or early next year. So if I get a chance to come over, I'll, I'll try and make sure we, uh, we hook up and
2: definitely, definitely uh, grab a yeah. white, maybe,
1: maybe do some pads. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I'll go to a pub or so, blow the foam off a few, you know. <laughs>
1: <laughs> indeed, indeed. Um, oh, that's a, that's a really cool story. And uh, one, one thing I want to touch on is we get so many, I don't want to say dreamers because we all have to follow our dreams, but we get a lot of people going, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be a pro fighter. And I'm like, it's not that easy. You can't just choose to be a pro fighter and go and get paid to fight. You know, yeah. y- you're talking 10 years of graft. And if you want to get there, it is graft. It's not a, I oh, will go to the gym twice a week and yeah. m- make money. And it's only until you get, like you say, to USC status that the money goes up. Yeah. Um, and, and the kids, I think, turn around and say, Yeah, but if I get a grand a fight. And I'm like, Yeah, but you could go to. Your local Tesco supermarket and earn twenty thousand pounds a year. Yeah. So if you're earning a thousand pound a fight, you've got to have twenty fights a year to make base money. Yeah, and twenty fights a year is a lot of fighting.
2: Yeah, well, that's I, I, a lot of kids say the same thing, like, "Oh, you made a lot of money." I was like, "No, I made a lot of money when I fought, but I only fought once or twice a year, and I, I yeah. didn't make a lot of money. I made good money." I go, but you got to think about all your bills, your living expenses, and then when you actually get into what they fight camp to getting ready for that. The way that you eat, your the healthy living styles, helping out like a lot of people will just use like workout partners. Like I like try to kick some down, you know, it's like they're sacrificing time. I gotta I gotta help yeah. pay for that a little bit. Paying coaches, paying managers, it's like it is expensive. You think yeah. about so a fifty thousand dollar payday, you know what I mean? So the you talk about taxes, tax they it's you're all ten ninety nine is so yeah. it's like they don't take taxes out, right? So you already have to pay the government at least, I think it's what, fifty percent. So off the top I've already dropped down to 25 25 grand. So yeah. then I got to pay 20% to my, 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 uh, manager. And then I got to pay my, my gym and my coaches 10%, which I'm fine with. I, I kick them down money every time that I can. And then yeah. you think about your workout partners and gear. Like it's, you don't, I mean, at yeah, most, there's not a lot make, left. <laughs> no, you're making about 15% is like what's your take home. It's like, that's not a lot of money unless you're like caught up not making money. So yeah. it's like you gotta fight for the love of fighting, and so like like you said, like I've got a lot of teammates and stuff that are like, oh, I'm gonna make it big. I wanna be this. I wanna be like Conor McGregor. I was like, okay. I, I heard it from uh, George St Pierre's coach. He mm-hmm. goes, our goal when it becomes when it comes to fighting is just to be the best fighter we can be. He goes, if the title and all the money comes with that, that's great. It's a bonus. But my whole view my whole view and my whole purpose is just to be the best fighter I can be every time I step in the cage. goes, yeah. I'm not if I focus on the money, if I focus on the fame, if I focus on the endorsement deals, then I'm not focused on the right thing and I'm gonna get beat. If I focus yeah. on being the best fighter I can be, the rest will take care of itself. And so when I heard that, I was like, That really made that flipped the switch and I was like, dude, that makes so much sense. I just wanna be the best fighter I can be. And that stems back to that mentality and being in yeah. the best shape and stuff like that and taking care of the so you have the right people around you. But, yes, yeah, it's, it's not about the belt. It's not about um, all the, the social media that follows all that. Like, I, I hate social media when it comes to that because yeah. the UFC, like, forces you. Like, you have to have a Twitter. You have to have an Instagram. You really got to push all this yeah, stuff. You have I'm to like, post three times a day. Yeah. I was like, that's so stupid. They're like, but how good of a fighter you are it's almost about how good of a online presence you have yeah i've seen too many people get big fights just because they've they've talked the right amount of trash or they have the right amount of followers i'm like man that's not what it used to be about it Used to be the best guy fights the best guy and that's how it goes yeah i wish it would get back to that because as much as dana white talked about that he's like i'm not going to be like boxing it's exactly what he did when he saw how much money he could rake in when conor mcgregor didn't even have the belt but it's like oh let's just segue mm-hmm. him right in we'll find a way yeah,
1: exactly. Uh, again, okay, look at uh, again, you know the, one of the biggest fights on the planet when when Conor boxed um,
2: Mayweather.
1: Mayweather. Like who on the planet can make that happen? Like yeah. but it's the right amount of talk, the right amount of money yeah. and it and it, it and it happens, which is wrong. But it is it, sadly wow. it's the way why the world is, I think. Yeah. So, um, I want to I want to talk about your,
2: your styles. So how tall are you? Uh, I'm just under five five, so like five four and three quarters.
1: <laughs> and the three quarters.
2: Yeah, three quarters. <laughs> yeah, I
1: don't tell anyone I'm five six and a half. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so obviously, if I if I look through your, your profile feed, it, it's very heavily wrestling based. So we would take a guess that you are a predominantly a wrestler when it comes yeah. to fighting.
2: I started wrestling uh, in high school, wrestled all through high school. Um, wrestling got me a college degree. So it all stems back to wrestling. But So I got into fighting because of wrestling. So my senior yeah. year, I was 10 seconds from the national finals. Uh-huh. I had set myself up beautifully to I beat the defending national champ, uh, and the the, the district tournament. We go to the national tournament. I have the top three guys. I think I was ranked like fourth in the country at the time and had the top three guys all on the other side of the bracket. So they had to wrestle each other to get to essentially me. I wrestled this kid that came out of nowhere. He's California wrestler, great wrestler. And we met in the semis on, uh, on my side of the bracket. And, um, we got into a scramble and inside that scramble, the referees awarded him points. I've watched the video over a thousand times and 50% of the time it could go toward for me and 50% of the time it could have gone for him. It all depends on the referee's view. And it was so frustrating because it was like any other different referee, I could have got the call and the call just didn't go my way that time. And I didn't make the national finals and I was just so hurt. I mean, I was depressed, but I still had that, that drive to compete because I worked so hard to win a national title i beat many national champs leading up to that point, but just never actually got the piece of metal. You know what yeah. I mean? And that helps me as a coach too, because I'm like, dude, it's not the, it's not the piece of metal that defines who you are as a person. I tell my wrestlers all the time. I was like, it's the pursuit of that piece of metal that defines who you are as a person. The journey. Uh, yeah. How you deal with adversity, yeah. how you, how you bounce back. Like I had a kid a couple years ago or actually last season. I love a kid, man. I still work with him. He's he's going to college at university of Missouri uh, next year. And, uh, state quarterfinals i mean he's just dominating people and the kid that he had what if the defending national or the defending state champ was undefeated it was it ended up becoming a four-time undefeated state champ right wow. but he was he, he would have beat him my my guy would have beat him i know down in my heart because he was just he was training right we were working our butt off he was doing so much extra but he overlooked one of his opponents and got caught in the quarterfinals of the state tournament And he could have been like any other senior, which I've seen a lot of seniors do this. If they can't win this tournament, they just, they drop out once they've lost. They just, they go home. Yeah, upset, I'm done, I don't care. But I was like, and I sat down with him afterwards after he kind of calmed down. I was like, how you respond to this shows more of your character than winning a state title. I think they kind of set, set in with him because afterwards he was like, you know, it, it, I'm glad that I was able to finish the tournament the way that I did. Cause he came all the way back and, and won third place. He beat the guy that had previously beat him, like beat the piss out of the kid. And you know what I mean? So it's like, dude, you, you got to win your last match of your, your high school career. Yeah, yeah. It's not a gold medal, but still, you know, your top three, the kid who went and winning it. He knows that if he would have rested you in the state finals, he would have lost. Like he knows that. I mean, you could tell just the way the kid carried himself. Um, so it's because of wrestling and I, I kind of went off on a tangent there, but because (laughs) of wrestling, I got into jujitsu and jujitsu got me into fighting. Um, but I am a ground fighter. I love jujitsu. I love, uh, wrestling, um, love coaching it, love helping anybody that everybody with it. Um, but wrestling is, yeah, my, 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 my background. Uh, but yeah. still chasing after that black belt in Jiu Jitsu. I'm a, I'm a four stripe brown belt right now. So hopefully Ooh. that black belt comes soon. It's yeah. He's close, he's close. Well, the, the my coaches have told me I've got to win a couple big tournaments. And every time I sign up for the tournament, there's either no one in my bracket or oh, the coronavirus no. is keeping me from getting my <laughs> black belt. But.
1: Yeah, apparently there's a but, flu going around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, just, just cause you touched on, I wasn't gonna talk about it. Because you touched on it, you talked about um, the, the mindset of a fighter when they lose. Um, and I, I say a lot to my students and my fighters but also the the children that i teach at school And um, and i think it's something that is is being lost in society now is we have to learn to lose we have to learn disappointment and i think certainly a lot a lot more recently over the last four or five years if someone loses they get given something or they're like do, do you know what i mean like yeah participation medals yeah yeah it's like we we give out awards um, every year. And then last year, I had a parent going, but the um, thing you didn't get an award. And I'm like, well, they didn't win fighter of the year. They didn't win the highest amount of times of training. They didn't get the most grading. So unfortunately, they didn't win in it. And I was like, well, when they go to football, they all get a medal. I'm like, well, that, doesn't that detract from the reason given a medal? Well,
2: if everyone gets a medal, then why fucking try Exactly. Well, I mean, and that's the mindset our kids are, I mean, we have it all the time. It's like they're in, they get that entitled mindset. Well, it's like, well, I showed up. Don't I get what they have? It's like, if you look at the Olympics, there's only three medalists. Yeah. And that's the biggest sporting, uh, you know what I mean? Like nobody, yeah. no, nobody cares who took eighth place because that doesn't resist, deserve a medal. You didn't earn the medal. You know what I mean? So it's like, yeah. Kids got to, like you said, kids have to learn how to lose. But it's like, it's the, the character that comes with that. It's how do you respond to that? Do they throw the tantrum and say, I'm never doing this again? Or like, what do I got to do better next time? Because yeah. there's always going to be a next time if they choose that. You know yeah. what I mean? And if they give up and go home, then
1: for me, they haven't learned that lesson. Yeah. Like you say, I mean, it's how, when you lose, it's how you respond and yeah. walk forward.
2: Yeah. It's uh, how do you, how do you react to this instead of, you know what I mean? Like, what could yeah. you have done differently? Or did we not do enough to lead up to this point? Or was your opponent just that much better than you? It doesn't mean that you didn't give us everything you had. Did you give us a hundred percent of what you had? They were just a little bit better or they just had a better match. That's, you know what I mean? Yeah. That, that happens sometimes. That's life. Sometimes we were just off a little bit or just things weren't clicking the right way. It happens. That's part of it. But how do you get up, pick yourself yeah. up from that situation? And learn perhaps? from it. Well, it's the same with, same with teaching. Cause I mean, with the kids and, and grades and stuff like that, they're like, Oh, but I, but I work so hard. It's like, and I appreciate effort more than anything And we're not there yet. We're not where we want to be yet. So let's just keep pushing. Let's study a yeah. little bit harder. Let's work a little bit harder. Yeah. It's yeah. A, that yet mindset. We're not there yet. We're, we're just moving forward. Yeah. But, and I, I gave a speech at a graduation one time. And it's like, if, even if you fall flat on your face, you're still at least you know what I mean? Instead of falling yeah. back, you're still moving forward even if you fall on your face. So just keep, yeah, you got you to learn to fail. You got to learn to get, pick, that, pick yourself back up and get back to work.
1: Yeah, and that's such an important skill set, mindset, um, principle to have. The um, one, one we talk about all the time, but it, it's nice to to hear on the other side of the planet that, <laughs> to not win, but you know, the same yeah. principles then, you know, if anyone is listening to this or watching this, if that's the one thing they took away from this is yeah, it doesn't right. matter if you fall. It doesn't matter if you, if you, if you fail, as long as you, as long as you're trying your hardest and you dust yourself off and get back up and keep going forward, then, you know, yeah. you will become a winner. It just might take it, time.
2: It's, it's, and I, I can't remember who, whose quote this is, but it's extremely hard to beat somebody who is willing to never give up.
1: That's um, how I won all my fights. I wasn't skillful. It yeah. just wasn't going to fucking stop me. <laughs> yeah.
2: Well, uh, like in, in wrestling in college, it wasn't, I mean, it, I, was, I wouldn't win the first or the second period, but the third period I usually, because I was in better shape, I was always willing to sacrifice and go, go work out and get in better shape. And then yeah. I would always be able to, and they may be up in points, but, hey, I wasn't stopping. You know what I mean? So yeah. most, of my, most of my matches were won in the, uh, in the third round. Yeah, I
1: I had very similar mindset because I'm only five foot six. Um, my flexibility isn't isn't the highest. Um, I could wear opponents down. Like you'd have to put me in a box to stop me. More yeah. than you know, flicky kicks that scored points kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, I and I have that mindset in life. It, if yeah. someone tells me I can't do it, I'm going to go and show you that I can.
2: Yeah.
1: Or, or yeah. I'll at least do my best to get as far as I can. Yeah. So,
2: same mindset. It's kind of how I got into wrestling because I mean, I wanted to play basketball. I wanted to do all the cool things that my, my um, classmates and stuff did, but it's like genetics just works against you, but I can work as hard as I want to be a good basketball player. No matter how hard I work, there's always going to be that person that's six foot tall. That's just going to be a little bit better. So that kind of made me realize it's like, all right, you know, there is some certain things that are I'm predisposed not to be able to do.
1: We're never going to be hundred meter sprinters. (laughs)
2: <laughs> I, um i won a state title on the four by one relay did you yeah and my uh my senior year i won a state title in um and track we won a, state, wow. I won a state title in wrestling and then in my football team we won our first state title my senior year and i was the first team all-conference safety so i mean I grew up in an amazing town. Like if I would have grew up anywhere else, I don't think I would have been able to play football, but because I grew up in such a small town, Mm -hmm. I was able to play the sports like I did, but it was kind of the same thing. Like when I was a, I was 76 pound freshman. So I'm like four foot 10, 76 pounds. And they're like, you're going out for, you're going out for football. And I was like, yeah, man, I want to play football. Yeah. And then as the years go by, you know what I mean? I was I was only about 120 pounds my senior year, but yeah. same that same mentality, the same attitude. Like, you're going to have to, to kill me to get past me because if I just get a shoelace, I'm going to tackle you kind <laughs> of thing. Yeah. So it was, it was cool, though. But it was, it was a great life experience because it was the same thing no matter how big they are. It's like, okay, this is a huge obstacle in front of me. This guy's massive. Do I go around him? Do I go under him? Do I go through him? Do I have my teammate throw me over the top of him? Like, what yeah. do I do?
1: Yeah, I'll find a way.
2: You can find a way, exactly. Find a way.
1: (laughs) Nice. Um, uh, One of my friends has asked me to ask you this. Um, Which skill set do you think is least effective in the cage? Now, I know the answer because it's unanswerable, but um, I've been asked to so I'm going to ask. Um, Which skill set? Yeah, because it depends on who you're fighting and it depends on their skill set to, you know, it's all about like having a great ground game, but if you can't get anywhere near the person, then so, your ground uh, game's
2: going to be... So uh, the my, let's see, my last UFC fight, I fought, um, oh what was his name? Scoggins, Justin Scoggins. And he has this weird karate background. Yeah. So the thing was, is I felt like I chased that guy around the, around the ring. I was like, if I can just get him down, if I can just get him down, it's going to change the dynamic of this fight. But it's like, that's fights like that make me realize like, okay, I got to do better with my striking to get to my bread and butter, which is my ground game. Yeah. Um, but he, he literally just like point fighting me. He would hit me and like run, but it was like, it was effective for him. And yeah. he, he, he did that, that side stop, like, uh, uh, Thompson. Um, yeah, he did that side karate stance all the time. And those, yeah. those side kicks. Like, and I'm like, off the leg. God, I hated it. <laughs> he actually fractured my face cause he hit me with a, a heel kick. Yeah. right in the cheekbone and fractured Ooh. my cheekbone. Uh, I was, he was like, man, I'm surprised it didn't put him down. I was like, it hurt my face, uh, but it's like, I guess I got a pretty hard head. Cause I just kept <laughs> marching through. But, uh, yeah. I mean, just every, every skill set has an answer, but it's like, do you have an answer in that moment? Yeah. So yeah. I don't, I don't think there is a skill set. That's the, the, the least effective. Mm-hmm. It's, I think it comes down to just to that. Uh, um, I'm going to, I'm not the, the mindset of I'm not going to do anything different than I did. My last fight is the least effective strategy. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Good answer. Very good answer. So. yeah. Um, and I, I say to my guys as well, for example, um, like a formula one car is hypothetically the fastest car on the planet. It's the fastest race car you've got. Put it in a field. You're screwed and it doesn't <laughs> work. You can have the fastest car on the planet. But put it on some wet grass, you're not going nowhere. Yeah. And and you know, it it's all right having a game, but the game has to work in the surroundings that you're in. Yeah. Um, and obviously with mixed martial arts, um, that can be anything. Yeah. Kickboxing is a, a bit more simple, tie boxing a bit more simple because you've got one game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you go into a cage and there's lots of games to play.
2: Well, do, and that's why uh that's why I love Muay Thai. I love kickboxing. I love boxing because I started out in MMA where it was like, you have all these things to worry about. You got to worry about the takedown, the punches, the kicks, the, everything like that. And now it's yeah. like, when I did that boxing match, I was like, I have to worry about two hands. That's it. I was like, this is so much fun. It was, it was so much fun. And the guy that I, I fought, we fought for a, uh, it's called Guns Hoses. and Hoses. Oh, uh, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. We, we supplied the gloves for some of that.
2: That's right. Yeah, yeah, you did. Yeah. So it was, it was an awesome fundraiser for fallen, um, first responders is yes. what they, they raise the money for. And it was, it's an amazing event. The guy that I fought is a, is a police officer and he's a pro boxer. And now he's technically, he's a teammate. So his gym and my gym kind of merged together. And so it's really cool to get to talk to him and stuff like that and just yeah. get to train with him and help him out. But it was like, it was such a cool experience. And I, I can't, I can't thank him enough for allowing me to do that because I'm an educator. Like I shouldn't have been able to fight in that. And everybody was like, how were you able to fight? in that?" And I was like, well, I'm fighting a pro fighter. They need another pro fighter so it just by circumstance I was able to make it happen. Yeah. But no. It was super cool like and and I love I want to box more. I mean that's why I told you I was like anything you can give me in the UK, boxing, yeah. kickboxing, arm wrestling, thumb wrestling, whatever whatever <laughs> just, whatever just you can fight. fight. <laughs> yeah. I don't care man. Yeah, I just I, I love fighting. I just and I, I like where it's like style specific so it's like for that boxing match we focus just on footwork and i worked mm-hmm. with a couple boxers and just just training the, the mindset and the body movement i was like because this is going to help my overall game dramatically yeah. because it's like it gives me a different perspective and even that it was like it's crazy because the angles like an mma like you want to create good angles but it's like the footwork is different the way that yeah. you pivot the way you move your hips to throw power i was like this is awesome and yeah. i think already just like sparring since that fight it's completely changed my mindset i was yeah. like now it's like i don't care if i get taken down because i know i can get back up but i want to stand on my, i want to be a striker now yeah i love striking i love standing and striking with somebody it's it's fun
1: that's cool yeah i, I love striking obviously that's why why it's kick, kickboxing and not wrestling but uh, yeah I, I like striking it's um it's good fun it's good fun um cool um how to change and pace slightly because obviously you're busy teaching you're up at 3 a.m you, you're going to the gym before after training a few fights. How do you unwind? How do you switch off?
2: Oh, <laughs> really, I really don't. If, it, if it's a fight coming up, I, I don't. I mean, when I when I hit the bed, I'm, I'm out. And yeah. my fiance kind of hates that because I can literally sleep through anything. Really? She's always like, am I keeping you up? And I'm like, no, because it's like when my, <laughs> I, I unwind by literally going to bed. And um, I, as soon as I, w- I wake back up and back to work,
1: yeah,
2: I guess my my, my yeah, focus right. is just like when you when you have everything so scheduled out, it's like I don't have time to focus on like downtime because there really is no downtime. It's like working to get prepped and ready for the next thing. Yeah, you know what I mean,
1: yeah, which um which does kind of bring us on to um we we've very talked very quickly about uh, routine. Um, i my, mine I'm the same as you. It's get up early, breakfast, teach, gym, classes, schools. Yeah home lunch back to the gym more classes so literally monday to saturday 7am till 9pm is yeah. structured and now yeah. the coronavirus has come along and now i'm like ah, what are we do? what are we, what are we, what are we <laughs> uh, and i i i'm someone that really needs focus i really need a, a goal i need a, i know i need to know where i'm going yeah um, and I, i'm assuming it's probably the same for you guys because Technically, that world's world is down at
2: the moment. Yeah. Uh, so with, with teaching, we switched over to the, the virtual learning. So be, like this, the Zoom that we're doing, like I Zoom with uh, – I have meetings every Tuesday, Thursday, but they're like hour-long meetings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we have to present the kids with, with information, new information twice, twice a week. We only have – technically, we have school from uh, Monday to Thursday, and then Friday is supposed to be like a teacher day, PD mm-hmm. day, whatever it is. But so like I – do as much as I can and I'll do little videos like through zoom and tag yeah. them to the slideshow and try and get all that work together for them. Try to make it as simple as possible, but also keep them engaged as well. So trying to find fun ways that to, to, to throw yeah. games and stuff like that at them. And then I always tell them, I was like, if you have a question, email me, um, if I need to zoom you real quick so we can walk through it together. And my kids are doing pretty well so far. I think I've got pretty much about 80% of my kids wow. are, are actually engaged and doing the work, which is, you know, That's not, good. The, the, the ones that aren't, I'm just kind of, you know, trying to, t- you know, touch base with them, make sure that they're doing okay. Yeah. It's, uh, the grading system is going to be a little bit different because of all this, but yeah, it's, uh, it's unique, but yeah, like I'm so used to structured, like getting up early. I usually go to work pretty early to just kind of get my day going the right way. You know I mean, Get my papers in order, get everything yeah. I need to print it off, stuff like that. And now it's like, I wake up. I have a cup of coffee, and it's like, all right, let's sit down and check my emails, kind of thing. It's it's not the same. Yeah, but, it's not uh, the so same. I, it's not the same. So yeah. I started doing side work with uh, with my print. Well, I was doing it before, but we were only doing it like on the weekends and stuff like that. But now it's almost like every day because he's like, hey, we got another job. We got to build a deck, and we got to go do the yeah. siding on this house. And I'm like, this is crazy. So I'm kind of double dipping a little bit because I'm still getting paid as a teacher. Nice. So now, now I'm making a little bit of extra money to uh, was well, we might be postponing the wedding because of all this because yeah. I don't even know if we can have our wedding scheduled for October. Yeah. But I don't know if they're going to allow us to have 200 people congregated. Yeah. so It all depends. You know what I mean? So yeah, that's it's not, of- not the
1: same on Zoom, is it?
2: No. <laughs> no, it's not the same on well, Zoom. Well, that would be cheaper. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might. <clears throat> I mean, the cool, the cool thing about Zoom is like, have you, uh, oh, let's see, I don't know if I can do it. <laughs> Nope, I can't do it on this. on my On my work computer, you can change the background. Yes, it looks like I'm at the beach. Can you? Yeah, yeah,
1: I can. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, haven't got any set up, I don't think, but I, I have played around with it before. But um, yeah, a friend of mine we done a we've we, was at, we was doing a training on Friday, and he put a load of light toilet rolls behind him and stuff.
2: <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. He's rich? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I always ask my guests um, if they've got any questions for me. I mean, you may not have because you're over the other side of the water, but um, if you've got any questions for me, feel free to fire them away.
2: So, okay. So, what is uh? Have you have you lived anywhere else you in your in your life? Not UK. Just just UK. Okay. Yeah. So, I mean, coming from the US, I, I spent a week and a half in in Dublin, and just the culture was awesome. Um, yeah. I did, there there was a couple fast food joints, but it's like, we just went to a random pub, just a random bar. We're like, hey, we'll grab some bar food. And and in the US, bar food is like, everything's deep fried. Yeah. So that's what kind of threw me off was like, hey, where's your menus? They're like, oh, it's all up on a chalkboard. I was like, okay. And it was like, (laughs) it was like pot roast chicken, chicken curry, like shepherd's piles. Like this is your guys' bar food. I was like, that that really kind of shook me. And then um, how a lot of people walked places, which was very unique. Um, so what is your kind of view, I guess, of the U.S. of like we have that huge obesity issues. It's just that people <laughs> are lazy. And it's, it's yeah. what's crazy about fighting too is because like eating crappy is very convenient. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's convenient yeah. to go grab a $5 pizza. It's convenient to go grab a couple burgers. It yeah. takes time and, and dedication to like cook a good meal. But when yeah. you're training, it's like it's second nature. So my fiance is also a, a trainer and stuff. She, she's a CrossFit coach at a big gym here. And what we used to meal prep like every Sunday. We'd meal prep for the whole week, so yeah. it was convenience, but health at the same time. Um, yeah. so what's your what's your view on that of the u s and us and our our fatness, I guess? I
1: should, say. <laughs> um, oh, should be careful. Uh, so y- you are absolutely on point in respects to convenience. So um, a couple of years ago, we went to Vegas uh, for four days. Um, and when I went over to see Nick, admittedly, it was 10 years ago now, I went to Nick, um, but everywhere you went in the States was convenient. So you'd go to a supermarket or a, a mall or, or whatever you call them. And um, there was like, you could get like a slice of pizza, which was like this big um, yeah. a, a pack of like, potato wedges and a Coke that was about this big, all for about 2.99 or something stupid. Um, and I could see why there would be so many bigger people yeah. because it's so easy to feed a family of 10 for about a tenner. Um, yeah. All unhealthy, of course. Yeah. Um, but the UK has got its own obesity problem. I don't know what the statistics are, but you know, there are a lot of lazy, overweight people in the UK as well. But I do think it's greater in America because um, you are so good at doing convenient food. Um, but then Americans are very good at selling both sides of the coin. So I've noticed you're advertising not only for convenient food, fat food, um, but when I was over there, every other advert seemed to be for a PT or a vegan diet or a slim fast drink or a protein you know, meal. Um, so I, I didn't really get to see all of it because I yeah. wasn't there long enough. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. But there was definitely no... Um, weekend pubs down the road where you get a cottage pie or a roast yeah. dinner or anything like that. And I think we are pretty good at that. And I am thankful that you yeah. do do that.
2: In Dublin, I don't know if they have it over in, um, in, in London or England, but they had uh bike stations yeah. where you could rent, we could rent a bike and I, I really liked that. I was like, Oh, so if I need a bike, I walk out of my apartment, I could, I have that membership, swipe the car, take a bike to work, lock it up and I don't have to maintain the bike cause I have the membership. Yeah. But it's like you always have transportation like,
1: yeah, I mean, that's that's probably a slightly rose, rose painted gold painted picture there because they got them in London. They have them in Amsterdam. They have them in the the center of Dublin. So city centers like Brighton, um, Bournemouth, they would have them. But there's not one anywhere near here. You couldn't I couldn't just go outside my door and get a bike. And I mean, you'd have to own your own bike. So city centers, you can get that.
2: Well, I know St. Louis has some type of thing like that, but they also have these little motorized scooters that you can rent. Mm-hmm. So it's yeah. like, I think that's just increasing that for the same, <laughs> Same, you know what I mean? Like, now yeah. you're making motorized vehicles that are easy to access. Yeah, uh, It's a it's a cool concept though. Cause like, uh, when I fought at guns and hoses, like I couldn't find a parking spot. So I had to park like miles away. Yeah, And so as I was walking, I was like, Oh, I clicked onto a, I had the app and I, Rented one of those little scooters, and I was like, "I'm yeah. gonna make it on time. Can't like, <laughs> you know, right? me now. Yeah, I'm not yeah. gonna get a parking ticket." Oh, it was it was funny, yeah. Um, That's crazy, though. But
1: I guess again, uh, I was lucky enough to go to Canada at the beginning of the year snowboarding, um, and w- whenever you go anywhere else in the world, it's always a holiday, isn't it? So you never actually view or value where you're going as. Could you imagine living there? Now, when I went to Canada, I stayed with a friend of mine, Danny. Now, him and his wife are both incredibly fit and healthy. He's a tight boxer, so we were looked after healthily. We're going to eat this. We're going to have this. We're going to have this drink. It wasn't just a order pizza, order takeaway. It was, it was, it was nice and healthy. Um, but then I, I do think, again, overweight, o- over, obese, overweight people that smoke and drink. They're not going to be in the gym. They're not going to be in our life circle. Um, they're not going to be in our niche of friends, are they? So you do yeah. surround yourself with people that um, you know, like-minded people.
2: Yeah. That's, that's crazy. Cool, man. So, yeah, I mean, I've been, I've been obsessed with the UK. It just, I want to travel a lot. So and yeah. I was hoping that, that fighting would, would, uh, would do that for me. And so like when I was able to fight in Dublin, just the, the culture was different. Like every time, so first off, I had a pretty wicked mustache when I fought in Dublin. <laughs> and so I got confused with, you know, Ian McCall a couple times. And I had one girl, I, I didn't even know who she was, walk up and start making out with me because she thought <laughs> I was Ian McCall. Yeah, so I told Welcome him about to <laughs> Yeah, he's like, hey, he's like, yes, I'm glad I could do something for you. Because we both fought <laughs> on the card. And me and him had a little bit of beef uh, before that because uh, – I got asked who I would like to fight next. And I said, I would like to fight Ian McCall. They said, why would you like to fight Ian McCall? And I was like, I was like, I'd like to shave off his mustache. (laughs) I was like, I "I would have it written in the contract that um, if I beat him, I get to shave his mustache off. I was like, that's a piece of memorabilia because he's known for his mustache. I go, if I shave it off and put it in a little Ziploc baggie, I could sell that mustache. (laughs) And it turned into a big thing because he's like, I have no idea who this guy even is, but he was, he's a uh, very good friends with Antonio Benuelos. Yeah. So, um, and then we ended up having the same manager. The next manager I got right after that was uh, the same manager that he had. And yeah. so we ended up training a little bit in California. He's a super cool guy. Uh, we still keep in touch pretty, pretty regularly. He's, he's good people, but he's also, he's one of those people that has a camera face. So who he is, um, um, You know, under the under the camera lights, it's a lot different than who he is behind closed doors because he is not what I expected. But I was able to go out. We you know we had a couple bites to eat and stuff, and I was like, dude, this is cool to get to know. He's like, dude, he goes, I created a monster with this whole image, and it's like I just kind of gotta uphold that. He goes, but he's he's super cool, dude. Yeah, he's got a daughter; she's awesome too, and yeah, Yeah. cool guy, good people.
1: Nice. And you meet so many cool people in this world, don't you? So many cool people, which I love um i've got some uh i've got some quick fire questions for you as well really simple okay. um what's your s- strangest eating habit
2: strangest eating habit oh i don't know you have to ask my fiance she'll probably <laughs> tell you that right out the bat. strangest eating habit um i don't know yeah. so, oh, that's good that's I, cool. see the thing is i don't even know if they're strange you know what i mean they yeah. might be to something they're normal to me um <laughs> uh, she doesn't like the way I eat popcorn because I just a handful at a time.
1: <laughs> That's the only way to eat popcorn. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, right? Yeah, well, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what's your best memory? My best memory is... Um, oh, wow. It's, it's, uh, there's a lot of them. It all depends on the context. Yeah, I'd have, I'd have to say uh, hunting with my buddy, my best friend, uh, Travis, hunting with him up in the Ruby Mountains, northern Nevada. Nice. Which, yeah, we, we camped for like... Two weeks straight, lived out of our uh, a cooler in our trucks, and because yeah. he was chasing chasing deer and I was helping him out, um, yeah, just hanging out with hanging out with my buddy, no nice. hunting on the outside because it yeah. cost us like no money, but the experience was something that people would pay for. Yeah, and that's that's something he helped me out early on in life. He goes, dude, stop chasing money, start chasing experiences. He yes. goes, experiences. Like I like, oh, don't worry. Not only are you gonna live the experience, but then when you tell the story, you relive it every time. It goes and then you have a cool story and it's me and him have got there isn't a cool story I don't have that usually doesn't involve him. Like we've done some stupid stuff and some fun stuff, but yeah. yeah.
1: But you create memories, don't you? And, and Oh yeah. That's that's all we remember. The photos oh, and the memories of you know, again it's all up in there. Yeah. Nice. Um if you was an animal, what would you be and why?
2: Oh, if I was an animal, I would be a a sloth. A sloth. <laughs> no, I, I wouldn't be a sloth. I'd probably be, some type of, I'd probably be like an octopus or something. I'd be something aquatic.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Nice.
2: Different, yeah.
1: which is good. Yeah. I like different. I like different. I really want a um, jellyfish, a box jellyfish. I'd love one. You want, you want one? Yeah, yeah. Not, like not in the bath, uh, <laughs> just, <laughs> just. <laughs> But yeah, the, the, the wife's like, you're not getting a jellyfish. I'm like, I want one. I <laughs> went oh, in the corner, in the tank. But no, yeah. I'm not that one. <laughs> uh, What's your jam? Yeah. So, what, like, favorite artist or song do you uh, listen to?
2: I, I'm a, I like all types of music when I'm training. It's usually uh, techno. Yeah. Um, but because because uh, I coach a high school wrestling team, like I control the music box because they don't have any taste in music, <laughs> and uh, so I just I was trying to find a channel that uh, that uh, they would like, and I put in um, Pump Up the Jam radio, and so yeah. it's all like uh, late '80s, early '90s hip hop R yeah. and B. The kids were like, these are some good songs, you know, like Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch like yeah. stuff like that, like stuff that they. There's no cuss You know what I mean. You can't really be in a educational building and it just dropped in the f bomb or. It was like gangster rap. Or, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's like yeah, I played that and the kids, the kids like it. So I'm, i I like punk rock, rock, yeah. alternative. Yeah. I nice. actually uh, got a shout out from uh, Keenard, May, um, Keenan Maynard, Maynard the. Uh, okay. Yeah, the lead singer for Tool. Yeah. He's uh, nice. he loves yeah he loves running around uh, sparring and doing Muay Thai and. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some friends and Patrick Christie and a couple other people like uh you got a sh- I got a shout out when I fought in New York this last August.
1: Fantastic! That's yeah. nice to get a shout out definitely. Yeah. Um, and uh,
2: what's your most embarrassing moment? Most embarrassing moment. Oh wow! There was a time in college I had a kid call me out because uh, I fell asleep during um, cellular biology class. <laughs> was the teacher was uh, this little indian guy who almost won the nobel prize for work with cancer cells amazing <laughs> wow. amazing professor but he was almost too smart for like our our knowledge because yeah. he expected us to like be on the same level as him when we weren't but he was i'm in class and this is after a hard hard week the wrestling and I, and I dozed off and i woke myself up because i farted and the way that i was sitting in my chair I, like echoed through the room and i woke up <laughs> And I just kind of—I looked around to see if anybody was looking at me. Nobody was looking at me. And then a couple of them after class was like, "Hey man, did you wake yourself up by farting?" And I was like, "Oh
1: man, <laughs> that was busted."
2: Like, yeah, that yeah, that was pretty embarrassing.
1: Uh, brilliant. <laughs> I've not had one like that. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so um, yeah, we have gone on for over an hour. How cool is that? Really? Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. 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 Um, I've I've really enjoyed it. Um, one thing I'd, I'd, I'd kind of like to finish with, I guess, is one thing we've, we've kind of accidentally talked about is one thing that it, it keeps coming over and over and over, and we get this a lot, is with, obviously the podcast is Kickstart Your Confidence, but what I find is so many people miss, they don't carry the confidence that they should do in many aspects of their life. Does that make sense? So having the mindset of being confident so that yeah. whether, whether that be training, whether that be going to school, whether that be going to go for a job, going out for a weekend for a walk, um, is, is getting the mindset right. And a lot of people are struggling a lot now, certainly with coronavirus, that they're, they're getting like you know, full Walden syndrome again, cabin fever. Um, and I think mindset is becoming more and more, and more important as we move forward. Yeah. Um, and literally nearly everything we spoke about has, has pretty much come back to mindset. So I'd like to just finish by saying that, you know, I think with what you've been speaking about it's in everything you've done, whether it be fighting, teaching at college, your wrestling days, um, you know, it all comes back to the the mindset of being positive, having drive, having a goal, having a focus, working hard. If that makes
2: sense. Uh, Yeah. um, Mindset. I was, uh, I can't, I can't control a lot of, a lot of outside factors in life, but I can control, like you said, like Mm. how I react to things. Um, I I tell kids all this time, like you're being anxious or being nervous. I was like, you're, you're, you're you're focusing too much on the future. What could happen? Like, you don't even know if it's going to happen. How about we be present? You know what I mean? Let's, let's focus on right now and what we can do about it. And I I learned that early on in life. If I can physically do nothing about it, then I'm not going to worry about it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. if it's, if it's raining outside, like I can't do anything about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So why would I get frustrated and mad about it? Cause I can't do anything about it. But what I can do is I can do stuff inside or I yeah. can work on schoolwork or I can always yeah. find a way to just move, move forward. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, and then having confidence, like you were saying before, it's like, um, there's a difference between like confidence and cocky, like uh, the, the view that I was given or was kind of spoken to me is like, I have confidence in my ability. And, and uh, I'm not trying to be cocky. I just know what I'm capable of and what I can do. And that there's, there's, there's points of being humble, um, like being respectful. That's, that's kind of that gray area where people kind of overlap that confidence and cocky part where it's like, they're not humble in the same respect and being appreciative of what they do have. I think that people too, too often, um, they're not appreciative of where they've come from. You know what I mean? Like what they've been given. And, and, and yeah, a lot of that comes from uh, upbringing too. You know what I mean? How your parents raise you, did they just give you everything or did they make you earn it? You know what I mean? I yeah. think once you earn something, it just gives you a whole new perspective. Like you're proud of the smallest thing that you may have earned because of, you know, what work went into getting it to getting it. But if your parents just bought something for you, it's just, it's not the same. You yeah. know, you might've had everything that you want, but you didn't have to just sweat. You know have to, have to struggle a little bit for that. So. I think that's where my mindset comes from is having to struggle a little bit growing up. I had amazing parents. Um, still uh, my, my dad passed a few years back, but, um, they were amazing in the fact that they, they always gave me everything that I needed to, 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 to survive. Um, yeah. but like when it came to a truck and they even told me like, we want you to be successful in athletics, but we can't afford much cause we have I have two siblings that have three kids. They're yeah. like, we can't afford much. So if you want to play sports, you have to support it on your own. So my junior and senior year of high school, I was working a full-time job and playing three sports. So it's like, it made me realize like later in life, like if you want it bad enough, you can find a way to make it happen. You can, you can find those odd and end jobs to pay the bills so that you can fight. Um, and like, it kind of segues back to your saying that like all those guys want to be pro fighters, but it's like, are they, are they willing to suffer and struggle to yeah. make it to that next level? Or they just want to hand it to them because they might have a little bit of talent, just a little bit of talent. Isn't going to get you anywhere. You got to be able to just work tirelessly. And um, that mindset just segues back to it. It just keeps. Yeah. Yeah, to it's constant.
1: It's constant. It's constant. And you've yeah. got to be prepared to put in the grind. And like I so say, oh. pe- people get given stuff too much now. Um, and some, I, I, was telling you added, about
2: that, I was telling you about that speech I gave not too long, or uh, at that graduation a few years back. And that was one of the things I was like, I'm not the most talented. Um, but I'm one of those people that I'm willing to outwork any and everybody in front of me to get where I want to be. So I have no problem suffering and putting myself through pain if I yeah. know where I'm going to end up because of it. So, uh, yeah. that, that mindset, I think is something that I acquired from my grandpa as a, uh, <laughs> he's a hard nosed Italian that's been working his butt his entire life. And I think it's something that I, a characteristic that I picked up from him Yeah, and my dad and my mom, just they're always willing just to outwork anybody to, to give and provide for for the people that they care about. And I picked that up from them and that helped me have a very good fighting career up to this point. And I just can't wait to uh, continue fighting. Hopefully in the UK soon.
1: Fingers crossed. If we can make it happen, we will. Oh. Um, yeah, definitely if we can, um, just as you said that, um, I went for my third dam uh, in kickboxing uh, two years ago. I was 37. Um, but the two guys grading with me, so there's only two other guys, um, they were 19 and 21, and they were going for their first degree black belt. Okay. And they were both six foot one at a college. All they do is fight. All they do is fight. And I remember getting into the gym and warming up and thinking, this is going to be hard. This is going to be hard. But I said to myself, they are not going to outwork me. They yeah. might be taller, flexible, lighter on their feet, because they don't have all their light. Like, you know and I mean, all they do is train, 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 train. They don't work. They don't have jobs. All they do is fight and train. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I might not be able to outkick them, but I am going to outwork them. Yeah. Um, and that got me through the grading. That really got yeah. me through the grading. But so the mindset of that is now pushing me yeah. in the coronavirus, because if I just sit my ass, the business will fold. Yeah. So we have to work. We have to drive. We have to continue finding new ways to evolve because we have to.
2: In wrestling, we call it mental toughness. You Mm. know what I mean? That that, that grit, that grind. It's, and it's, it's something, it it takes, it takes a long time to develop it in a kid, but it, so if a kid has to cut a little bit of weight to make the weight class to be successful like, I think it gives them a little bit more grit, a little bit more mental toughness because they have to sacrifice time away from friends and family just to be able to compete. And so, we don't force our kids to cut weight. Um, we're kind of, we're against that. We don't want to ever force a kid to do something that they don't want to do, but we'll yeah. suggest and be like, hey man, just three or four more pounds and you'll be at the weight class below. You'll be a lot more competitive. If you need yeah. help, I can help you. I'll run with you. I'll sit in the sauna with you. But just having to suffer that a little bit, you see kids that come, that just come out of it more and more mentally tough. Um, I've got a He's going to be a, a junior next year and he's the first kid in 14 years of coaching that i haven't been able to physically break and so his freshman year i just was like heavy hands you know put him on his face and it was just giving him everything that i had and he kept getting back up and getting right back in my face and i was like i can't break this kid and the great attitude great but it's like i talked to his dad dad was a kickboxer they come from a he comes from an amazing parents who have just taught like that resiliency you know what i mean that mental toughness like hey it might be might be horrible right now, but guess what? All that pain is going to pass, you know what I mean? And where yeah. are we going to be after all that? Yeah, so it's it's cool that mental toughness not only spans just wrestling and fighting, but it, it everything. Life. Yeah.
1: Wicked. Fantastic. All right. so I'm going to leave that. I'm going to say thank you so much. And um, is there anyone you want to say hello to or thank you to? Any sponsors that need to be mentioned?
2: Just HK man. Thanks for being here. <laughs> <gear. laughs> uh, right now, you guys are my only only sponsor. I guess you could say that because you guys have just kicked me down some awesome gear, and that's uh, hey, that's that's Nick.
1: That's Nick hooking you up. He's,
2: yeah, dude, he's, he's a good, man. good one because of because of his his kindness. I was able to kick down some gloves to some other people, and so. I like to always share the wealth. I don't like to hoard like a lot of people will do. Yeah. And so he, he helped me with some awesome gear. So anytime like I get new gear, I take my little bit of used gear and I'll pass it on to people who don't have it. You know what I mean? So yeah. yeah.
1: Oh, that's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. Yeah.
2: It's uh, I just, I like passing stuff on with jujitsu. Um, and I didn't realize how much weight that it carried. So when I got promoted to Brown belt, I had my purple belt. And I know a lot of Jiu Jitsu guys like to keep their belts as like a little badge of honor on the wall. Yeah. There's a guy that I've been training with pretty consistently and he just got promoted to purple belt and he was getting ready to compete at worlds. And so I gave him my purple belt. I was like, Hey man, I was like, um, it may not mean a lot, but I was like, um, here's something in it where the stripes were, um, they're like faded. So you can see where they're supposed to go. I was like, Hey yeah. man, I'd like you to have this just as a little memento, like just to know, uh, what you're shooting for. And he said that he told me afterwards that he went to his car and he started crying. I was wow. like, wow. He's like, yeah, it's like, because you, you're you a good friend and you you have that much faith in me and my ability, you gave me your purple belt when I was getting ready to go to Worlds. He goes, yeah. that just gave me just a whole new uh, uh, jump jump on life right there. And I was like, I appreciate that, man. But it's like, I just like the to the, the hand, hand me down, not hand me down, but it's like, i've bled sweat and cried on this belt yeah hopefully i've worked you can with it. hopefully you get to pass it on to your next guy too so yeah. i love cool. that yeah that's good yeah. cool. i love that
1: i love that well so thank you very much uh, anyone listening i hope you've enjoyed it or watching i hope you enjoyed it i hope you've learned something you and take away from it and don't forget to drop us a like or a comment um and remember guys it's not just a sport it's our life
0: thank you for listening if you enjoyed today's chat have any questions or feedback for us or would like to be on one of our podcasts, leave a review and we will happily get back to you. If you would like more details on how Hastings Kickboxing Academy can help you or a family member, find all our contact details in the show notes. Make sure you subscribe to HKA's Kickstart Your Confidence podcast. And remember, it's not just a sport, it's a way of life.